0: the word failed marriage or, you know, all of those things, I feel like it just puts this heavy shame on us and the women, especially we take on so much of it, right? Like, and I mean, it wasn't a failed marriage. I didn't have a failed marriage. It just came to a closing. We've been together for 15 years and we brought three incredible humans into this world.
1: I'm Amy
2: and I'm Abby.
1: I'm so excited for you guys to meet my friend, Elena, today. I met Elena in a mastermind that we're both in. It was kind of a friendship at first sight. I remember the first time she talked on one of our calls, and I just felt immediately connected to her. As our friendship continued, she had such a story to tell and a willingness to tell it. She is open, and she is herself, and that's everything we want to bring to these conversations. But before we dive into this one, I just want to give you a heads up that it is a journey. Elena has seen her way through infidelity and divorce to get to where she is now, As the conversation unfolds, please keep an open mind and know that Abby and I are not condoning cheating or promoting divorce. We just know that these are part of people's stories and we want to share them. So Elena, without further ado, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yay. Yes.
0: Um, I love that introduction because I felt the same way about you too, Amy when we first met and I'm um, so glad to be here with both of you guys today but um, I'm Elena S. Blair. I am a Seattle-based photographer and have found myself um, leaving a job as a nurse to to pursue that full-time so I've kind of had lots of different lifetimes I feel like um, but I'm a mother of three children. They are five, well she'll be six next week I guess, geez but um, at the moment Five nine and uh, five nine and twelve, so they're getting big quick. Um, And yeah, now a single mom, and I have gone through what many would consider, and I guess I would consider, a traumatic divorce. And that I think that you know, when you go through times like that, it really shapes and defines you. You know, hard times really really do define you. So here I am, (laughs)
1: happy to share. We're we're so excited to dive in and you know, we share that commonality of moving away from the nursing job into pursuing our own passions, but we wanted to start with motherhood. So a lot of our listeners have younger children. And so I want to talk about how your transition to motherhood went and what advice you would give to brand new moms out there.
0: Yeah. Um, so I started my journey, of uh, to family and motherhood, what would see what is younger for my area of the country? I know that that's not the case for everywhere, but I got married at twenty three and had my first baby at twenty four. And um I remember actually, I, I always wanted lots of children. I come from a really big family, and uh, we, my ex-husband and I, that was something that we really enjoyed doing together. We actually almost had a fourth baby before all of the stuff happened in our marriage. We just loved having kids together. And one of the things, though, that I think happened to me was I became sort of lost in my role as a mother. I um, allowed it to take over every part of my life, which I think I would not I know I wouldn't change that. I think that I provided like such a rich experience for my babies. And I just felt like I was, I mean, I know you, Amy, have kids that are way closer. Like I just feel like for so many years, it was like so many babies and so many breastfeeding moments and so many like self-sacrificing things happening. And I just sort of did that. And what I tell new moms now, like when friends ask me, I say, you've got to remember to put yourself first and you got to remember to put your relationship first. And my ex-husband and I did not do that. We put our kids first 1000% and we completely lost each other because of it.
2: And when you're in the moment, it is so much easier just to focus on one thing. And in this case, and in many of our cases, it is being selfless and taking care of our children. So I know that a lot of people out there are just agreeing on that standpoint. And it's hard, like the self-sacrifice of putting everyone else first is difficult, not only on your marriage, as we'll get into a lot today, but also just on taking care of yourself. And with that, you did practice self or practice attachment parenting. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that meant and what it still means to you now?
0: Yes, we did. And um, I do feel like, like I said, I, you need, hindsight's 20, 20 I would never change the way that we raised our babies, but um, we were very... And it was a very wee situation. We got very, um, I was a NICU nurse, so this was crazy that I did this, but I had all my babies without pain medication, two of them at home. I felt very attached to the whole process of becoming a mother and of really nurturing the children's, like, just their needs and their personalities, even as babies. And our first, he was sort of intense. He still is. He's really bright. He's gifted. He's very... um, I don't know how to explain him, but he was always like that as a baby. And he never would sleep by himself. And we tried crying, letting him cry it out once. And I remember he was in there crying and he actually was verbal at nine months. Like he was starting to talk at nine months. And he said, all done, mommy, all done. And my ex-husband went and grabbed him and he brought him out to the living room. And I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like I haven't slept in a year. you know." It was, I think he was like already a year old. And he said, well, we're never doing that again. And I was like, all right. And we like, at that moment, we like committed to this style of parenting where we we let them sleep with us. So here's, herein lies all the problems here. We let them sleep with us until they were like two-ish, you know, and then they would transition into their own beds. Um, we really responded to their needs. We felt like that's what attachment parenting was. Um, I was very available to them. I breastfed them on demand until two and a half to three years, depending on which kid, which by the way, I would have totally judged somebody before I had my own kids. For doing <laughs> that. It's so funny how you change all the things. Um, and, but I do think that, uh, what I will say is that to this now, to our credit, all three of our kids are incredibly creative, independent. Um, they transitioned into the divorce, like completely seamlessly. They are very compassionate. So I don't, I know that there's so many ways to do it, but it was, it's not something I regret, but I think that it took its toll on our relationship for sure.
1: Right. And just as we all know, different things work for different families. So Please. sharing our stories here, but I want to start to get into marriage and how having kids did impact that. Can you walk us through your marriage before the affair and my question is: Did you see like signs that that was coming? Like, is that a bad question? I just I have no context for this.
0: Yeah, no. It's I think that's a great question. And I I and like you said, you know, I always when I talk about divorce you know, and infidelity, and I talk about it very openly with a really forgiving heart, um, and with a very you know positive spin on it. More just because that's how I survived. I'm calling you from hell. Like it was not, I would never say like, get divorced. You know, if you're able to safely and happily work things out, I think that it's possible. I even think that it might've been possible for us. But in the, you know, when people ask me, did you see anything coming? I think that's a totally normal question because all of us want our marriages to last a lifetime, right? So it's a scary concept to talk about. So thank you for even letting me talk about it. But um, we met when I was 20. And um he was 27 he's older than me and we fell in love very quick and we were very different in personality but um, we understood each other and we got married when I was 23 and had a baby just a year later. And I feel like what I was doing in my life at that time was sort of checking boxes. I was like, okay, you know I'm gonna graduate from college. With a degree that's going to get me a job, and I'm going to get married because this is the guy that I'm with right now, and it's the right time to do that. And I'm not saying I regret marrying him. I think we had a really beautiful marriage, but I also feel like I was emotionally pretty young, um, and I I was not fully myself at all at that time. Like I am not the same person. I don't even have the same career. I'm not. You know, there were so many things that were changing, and so we got married, and we really loved each other, and we were um, we had a lot of fun together. We moved cross country a couple of times. And we started having babies. And that is something that we, like I said already before, we've always done that well together. We agreed on all things, birth, parenting. We still do to this day, even though we're raising the kids in two different households. That's not something we ever argue about. Um, we discipline the same We're, you know, we talk about like how we're gonna handle all of the, when we went into quarantine, we went into quarantine with the same plan so that we could make sure that like the kids had two safe houses, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So. It was something I think that we got, did well together and we became kind of obsessed with. And so what ended up happening was our personal relationship with each other became less and less significant. It was like, we we were like partners. We were like buddies, you know, we lived together well. We never fought. We, um, hardly ever argued, which I actually feel like was a problem. Like looking back, I might through some therapy. I realized like, we didn't speak up. We didn't say what we needed. We didn't know what we needed. We were so young. You know, we just kind of got lost in that role of like starting a life of mortgages and student loan debt. And he went to law school. I had finished nursing school. Then I started this other career, which, you know, took a whole bunch of my energy. Um, and yeah, we sort of just lost each other. And when the affair happened, you know, people asked me like, how did you know, was it, you know, did you find something? And I am, I'm a super like woo-woo hippie. Oh, you'll you know, <laughs> learn that about me very quickly. But one evening um, he went out and he, he and I were close. like, we were really, really close. We did everything together. And one night he went out and I, he, he left. And for some reason I was laying in bed, putting one of the kids to bed. And I was like, oh my God, something's wrong. Like I just got this like horrible feeling. And in the 15 years that we had been together, it was about 15 years when this happened. I had never once distrust him. Like I didn't ever have a reason to think that something was wrong. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, something's wrong. And I went downstairs and I like, I had every password that he had ever had, right? We had like an entire life together. You know how that goes like when you're together forever. It's like everything That's is right. joined. I got into his computer. I got into his work computer that was there. I got into his like social media accounts and I found nothing, zero things. And I texted him and I said, you know, it's so weird, Doug. Like, I feel like you're lying to me. And he texted me right back and was that, and he said, well, if you feel like that way, we should talk. And the next day I will still say was probably the saddest day of the entire unraveling of our marriage he denied it, that he was having an affair, but he said, Elena, you're not happy. You don't like me anymore. And I know that he was saying that because he was already having an affair and he was trying to like feel good about it, but he was right. And that was the scariest thing for me because I was like, oh my God, I was going through the motions half asleep. Like I was literally like going through my life looking for meaning and all these different like self development things. And I was, you know, really obsessed with my business, really obsessed with my children. I was really disconnected with what was actually making me happy. And he called me out right then and there. And then we spent the next month, um, you know, a very intense month in therapy. I always knew something was wrong. Like I just knew. And that's what I would tell anyone. Like it's not, it it was bewildering and it was surprising, but I knew that he was having an affair. Like I knew something was wrong. And I finally caught him FaceTiming her while we were on a vacation in November. And um, then we you know, did some therapy for like another month and he moved out by January 1st. And we told the kids and he's married to her now.
2: (laughs) You brought up so many good points right there. I think that our audience is like, wait, what? All of this just happened over this period of time. But one thing that really struck me was how you kind of followed that plan. Like you went A to B to C, you checked off those boxes. And I think so many of us go through life that way where we're thinking, okay, we meet a guy, then we get engaged, then we get married, then we have babies, then we get a promotion at our job. But infidelity was never part of that plan. Um, And it's jarring. So even just saying that word, it's jarring. It feels like such a a betrayal. It feels like such a heartbreak. So let us know after that FaceTime conversation that you walked into, how did those next few days go? What did those next
0: few couple of weeks look like? Sometimes I have to like, you know, people will say like, don't you ever, do you ever look back and like realize, well, I've been through some, sh- can I, can I cuss? I was just going to say the S word. I've been some, through some really hard times. And I, I think about that, but what honestly, the most treacherous time was the month before where I knew something was wrong and I couldn't figure out what it was when I finally caught him. I mean, I, I got, we were on a family vacation and I had like, it was the middle of the night and he hadn't come to bed. And I went, searching for him in the, in the home that we were in. We were in one of my sisters' homes. And I got on top of him and I grabbed the phone and I was like, I, I hung up on her. I didn't see her face. And I remember saying to him, I, I was literally like straddling him. And his face was like that of complete horror, you know? And I was like, finally, I knew it. I knew it. Like what I knew this was happening. And I was like, how could you do this to us? How could you make my entire life into a joke? Everything that I believed to be true into a complete joke and then i was like who was it who is it because i didn't see i was so fast, but i didn't look and he was like it's not important and again his assistant is who it was i had never expected suspected something between them like she is the anti-me we don't look anything similar she's like got this like really introverted personality like not that that you know but i, I just wasn't and i wasn't threatened by her she was very young and, but in that moment, again, I tell you, my gut always knows. I was like, is it? And I said her name. And he just shook his head, yes. And I was like, oh, Doug, you're going to get fired. So it gets worse. My whole life unraveled like within a couple of weeks. And um, he's like, no, nobody's going to find out. It's mine. And uh, yeah, so the next couple of days, we were on vacation with my family. And thankfully, we were with the sister that I'm closest to. And I told her immediately the next day. And she sort of just like, took us under her loving care. I was like, all right guys, like, we're going to get your kids through this vacation. You guys need to figure this out. Like this doesn't mean the the, the marriage is over. You know, she was very like p- problematic, very good to be with her because I felt like a child all of a sudden, I felt like I had like no skills to even cope. I lost like 20 pounds in a, like less than a month. Like it was, cr- it was the craziest, most out of body experience of my life. Um, and, you know, it was more just like, like I said, the way that I would describe it is it's, it's very bewildering to just have everything, you know, I would have, I would have stayed with him forever. And I think that what I realized very quickly was that I would have done that and we would have been okay, but we would have been living in a state of mediocrity, which is actually not the type of person that I am. I'm a very like passionate person, you know, and it wasn't fair to him or to me that we were living this relationship that was really just surface. At that point, we were going through the motions and, um, I was like, all right, well, you're going to have to like, let's move, let's fire her. Let's do something. You know, this is before he got fired. I was like, we got to figure this out. Like we're going to keep our family together. And it was in therapy that I realized, Oh my God, he loves this woman. And that's when I was like, I'm done. I will never be able to get past that. And I was, you know, and I don't know if I would have, even if we had worked it out, I wonder if it had, would have been a really long road to the same end, you know, like, I think it might've been dragged out because that feeling of, um, betrayal is hard to get over.
1: <laughs> well,
0: and uh, Yeah. So
1: I think, I think so many people think that if they found out their spouse was having an affair, they would have this like Carrie Underwood key, scratch the car, like get the hell out of my life moment. Um, But I can imagine like you have three children together. You're thinking of things. You have a lot to take in at that time. And so can you just walk us. So you guys decided to do therapy together with the hope of staying together. Was that where you were at? We had started
0: therapy when I suspected it in October. So we were already in therapy. Um, so, and by the way, when we were in therapy, I was like, Holy smokes, like, why weren't we doing this? Like as a maintenance (laughs) for our marriage, like it was just so, so important, you know, like to talk about these things that we, like I said, like we didn't fight, you know, we sort of, we were really good at, at, we were guys, I was the PTA president. He was coach of all our kids' soccer teams. We had like a big social circle, I mean, we had like the quote unquote, American dream life. And it just, we lived that life and felt like that was enough when under the when you lifted up the hood of our relationship, we were living like roommates, you know, we really didn't have that passion for each other anymore. And I actually when I say that, I also want to say, for some people, that's, that's okay, if that's enough for you, you know, like, it might have been enough for me forever but it just, he was the one, you know, to be like, I need more. And as and soon after things ended, I was like, Oh my God, I needed more. You know, like this wasn't actually me. I was like going through the motions of this life thinking this was the right thing to do. I don't know. I don't even remember what you asked. I think I got, I lost track of the question. Oh, the Carrie Underwood moment or Carrie Bradshaw moment, but, um, or Underwood, whatever Carrie was like, talking- <laughs> One of those carries. That <laughs> yeah, he so when it happened, of course. Initial my initial response was, I mean, I was on top of him, like yelling. I don't know how nobody else in the house woke up that night. I was very upset, obviously. And we laid in bed. It was actually that month that we deconstructed the marriage was a deep, intimate time for us. um We laid in bed that night, holding each other, sobbing because we were like, "What happened?" And I don't ever think that a marriage that ends in divorce or even infidelity is only one person's fault. You know, like I missed his bids for attention. Like he had been saying, like, I miss you. I want you back. Like he'd been saying that for like a year. I think our third kiddo, she was just three at the time. You know, she was hard on us. I mean, God, I would not, this kid is amazing. Like she's been the best thing ever in my life, but she was hard on us because we were already so stressed and there was always already so much going on. And then we had this other baby and I was kind of like, you know what? You're like the last person I care about right now, dude. Like I've got all these children and a business to take care of. So I'm going to put you real low on the list. And that's not fair to him. That wasn't fair to him. It wasn't, it wasn't fair to me how he treated me either. We were, we were bad. You know, we were lost and we did bad things and hurt each other. Um, But I, you know, I was angry. And then I, yeah, I was like, wait, my baby is three. No way am I going to like give up on this marriage. We need to figure this out. We got to work this out. Like we have to see what we can do. We have to at least give it a chance. And I could see that he was like considering it. We spent about a month considering it. And I could see in his face that he was not, he did not want that. And um, I could see his text messages for a long time. There's so many parts of the story. And I remember one time he had he was FaceTiming with her and um, he screenshot a picture of himself and her. And I looked at it and I was like, I haven't seen him that happy in years. I can't make him look like that anymore. And that was devastating. Don't get me wrong. Like this was not like, I wasn't like super enlightened at the time. I mean, I was losing weight and crying all the time. Like, trust me, it was a really hard time. But I was also able to like, let him go, you know. To realize, like, what? Why would I fight for this person that he doesn't want to be with me anymore? So now I have a choice. I can make my life a better version of it, of on on my own, and make sure that we keep these amazing children, you know, at the forefront of everything that we do. And we did, and that's that was kind of like my driving force. I'm like, I'm my kids aren't getting divorced. My kids didn't go through infidelity. I did. You know, it's not. I'm not going to bring them down. They were definitely what kept me, you know, wanting to be positive about it. And yeah. So it was, it's a journey. Trust me. Like there were plenty, there were some horrible fights, one or two that my 13 year old, he was only 10 at the time, but that he heard that I still feel guilty about. I mean, lots of, it was tough, but it was pretty quick.
2: (laughs) It it sounds like all the bubbling anger or just the lack of, Arguments from 15 years of knowing each other just kind of all came out during a very short amount of time. But what you said there at the end was just such a beautiful realization. I think there's a lot of women who are like, gosh, I would want to punch him in the face. Like, I don't want to do all these things. And even part of me is like, oh gosh, Elena, I can't believe you went through all of that. Like, weren't you hurting? But I think the fact that you're able to say he was in love, like, he was able to have that different life and it didn't involve me is just really brave of you. Um, it's really strong of you. And I think that it's not something a lot of women think of when they first think of
0: infidelity. And don't worry the yelling and and like, (laughs) you know, plenty (laughs) of I called her and said some horrible things to her. Like we've, it was bad. There were bad things too, but I, I, I'm telling the healing part of it because I think that, you know, Even now, when people want to speak badly about him, because we've had lots of other things, you know, that we've gone through, living in two households, financially, all that stuff, it's very stressful. And we've had lots of things that we've had to fight about. And I'll get into this space where I hear where people, friends, family, they're talking badly about him. And they think that that's helpful to me. And I actually say, hey, it does not help me to hate him. Like, this is the father of my children. I don't don't get to not have him in my life. That's not an option. And so it was definitely like a lot of high consciousness, you know, you know, you have to like really dig into that part of it, even though you do hate them and you are mad and it was the most horrible betrayal, you know, it's, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I think it was just a lot of, a lot of like digging into that. Like, I cannot live in this hatred space anymore. I need to like move on with my life.
2: I think once you're actually able to do that, that's when you can really get your feedback on the ground. Which you have a happy ending to the story. So tell us how you found yourself as a single mom. Definitely something that was not part of that checklist plan that we had talked about earlier. Um, what did that journey look like?
0: So I, in hindsight, I think that part of the reason why he felt neglected, and this isn't fair either. I think that men should support their their wives in their career endeavors for sure. But I was growing this business. Um, and traveling a lot for it. I do a lot of speaking engagements. And, uh, he didn't like that. And I felt a lot of guilt about it. I always would feel guilty about leaving the kids, um, and really digging into this business of mine. And that was a problem, obviously in our marriage, like so many problems. I'm just giving, giving like part of the, you know, part of the, the pie here. There's like, you know, 15 years of deconstruction, but, um, I digress anyway. So when we got divorced or separated, I had this, freedom all of a sudden like I said I was the not only was I you know the attachment parent and building this business but I took on the main role of the household willingly I lost myself willingly I wanted to be that person I wanted to be PT president I self-sacrificed myself all the time and then this happened and I had to let him have them three days a week. We start with transitions. Like I said, you know, we kept them in the same house, but I had to, I had all this time to myself all of a sudden. And there was this really guilty pleasure in there. Where I was like, oh my God, I get to do me now. Like I was 20 years old when I met this man. I was a child. I get to like be me now. I get to travel and not feel guilty about it. Cause I wouldn't be with them anyway. I get to like stay up all night working on this course that I'm creating or stay up all night on this content that I'm doing or building this part of my business. And so it was like this rebirth. I have never felt more alive than that year after my divorce in my entire life. And it was this really uncomfortable alive. Like, I feel like I was like, it was such a weird transition. I had gone from being like the mom of, you know, that everyone thought, they should be to like this single mother. Um, but it felt good. I will never deny that there was this like freedom there. And, um, a lot of self-discovery. I think that I kind of missed part of growing up because I had kids so young. And I know that in other parts of the country, that's more normal, but in, you know, Seattle, I feel like a lot of like, my friends are just having their first babies now and I'm, I'm 37. So, uh, it's, it was just a whole new life for me. Uh, it was kind of, an, it was amazing, actually. And then the transition to Kim and I, you know, that was a, you know, we still, there have been lots of ups and downs, but ironically, his wife, they're married now, same girl. Um, She's an incredible stepmother. Like my kids have, you know, three, and then I have a partner now too, so they, they have four parents who love them more, more people who love them deeply and who care for them and who check in on them and who now I'm not doing all of it. Like I've got another mom. It's actually crazy, incredible. She like does their schedule for me and helps me with pickups. And we send pictures of each other back of the kids back and forth. She loves them deeply. So I had to just accept that. It
1: was hard, though. Trust me. I was like, this is another woman. Well, yeah. This is a really interesting part of the conversation to hear about because I I need to talk about co-parenting after divorce. Did you harbor resentment um, because she had broken up or was a part of breaking up your family? Um, and now she is a mother figure to them. So talk to me about the beginning of that and then where you're at now.
0: Oh yeah. And again, I'm only talking about the positive parts. I want to be completely transparent that we've had battles financially. He and I, we, you know, about like who, how much she was going to pay me or not pay me. Like just it's, she and I have you know, had our stuff. So don't worry. <laughs> it was not all butterflies and rainbows for sure. But um, we didn't introduce her for nine months. And I, she was, she's young. She's 14 years younger than him. She's uh, in her 20s. He's in his 40s. And I always thought, and I've said this, any friend or family member can contest. I'm not just saying this to sound good on a podcast. I said, what if my young daughter was with a man who had three children and lost his job, I would be pissed. Like I am, I always think of like, what did she take on this girl? You know, she doesn't have children of her own. And um, when I knew that he was going to introduce her that day, the day that he introduced her to them, I laid in bed in, and felt like I had lead on top of me. It was one of the most depressing days of my life. These are my babies. Like I said, I am an attachment parent. Like I love the crap out of these kids. Like they, were everything to me for so long. And so sharing them and then them loving someone else was devastating. I'm not going to say that it wasn't, but shortly after they, I could see these little people looking to me for a re- reassurance. Like my son, I know he knew he did. He actually eventually told me that he did know that, that daddy moved out because he wanted to live with her. Like I, he figured it out. He's very smart. He was 10. So he's a little older, but, um, I could see them looking at me for like, is this okay? Is this okay to like her? And I actually grew up in a family of divorce. My parents aren't divorced. I'm the only one of that they had together. They each had kids and came together and got married. And so I knew like what that kind of conflict could do to children, like to talk badly about somebody's new partner. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta like her. This is a, this woman is going to be around my children and I gotta like her and. I you know, I gotta have a relationship with her. And so we had talked on the phone and she said to me, These are your babies. I'm never gonna try and be their mother, but I am gonna love them. I'm gonna try and love them. And um she I have to say, even though she has done a lot of things to hurt me, you know, in that she has done nothing but love those kids with her whole heart and just completely take them on, like. I wouldn't have been able to at her age. I feel like I couldn't have taken on three children and like accepted that I now was a 50% parent, like overnight to these three children who had a mom that had already like ingrained all of the things that I had in them. And she did. And um, I just kind of had to accept it. So she hadn't. And then she, let's see. So let me think. So we sort of slowly transitioned her knowing them. They, he didn't stay there with, they didn't stay at her, their house for a while. And eventually they did. That was another really hard time. And then my son is in a boy choir and it was about, it was holiday time. And I sent her, I said, Doug, I need to send her an email. Like I need to write her a letter. And I was actually offended that she hadn't reached out to me again, (laughs) to be honest. I was like, come on woman, like you need to like reach out to me, you're raising my children. And I wrote her a letter and I said, I wrote it all out there. I was like, you really hurt me, but we're raising these kids together now and we need to be friends because I want pictures when I'm not with them. I want stories. I want you to tell me if something's wrong. I don't want you to be afraid to call me. Like we need a relationship because these are the most important things in my life and it has to be done in collaboration. And she wrote me back and I said, and she hadn't been coming to any of the kids stuff and my son had a concert and I said, please come to the concert. And she showed up um, with the kids because they had happened to, it was his weekend and she looked so scared. You know, it was my community, like my kids. And she was holding Marlo or at the time she was four. I just walked up to her and I gave her a hug because I could see how scared she was. And I was like, this is it. Like what, this is what the one life we have. What am I going to like harbor hate towards somebody who loves my children because she hurt me? No. I can't. And now, I mean, to this, like she sends, she, they're with her right now that are with them. I have a better relationship with her than I do with, with my ex-husband. <laughs> with Doug. Yeah, I um, mean, women, you know, women can be sisters. Like you can come together and like, why do we, I don't believe it was just her fault. She was so, she's just, you know, part of the equation.
2: Well, and you said it so well that you're both loving these same children, like they're both living in your house and you're loving these children. Um, In episode 14 with Amy Bernhard, it's not the same situation with infidelity, but she is the stepmom in the situation. And she goes through just her take on how much she wants to love these kids and also her relationship with like the past wife, which in your case is you, Elena. So it's just really interesting seeing both sides of this um, and just how strong you have to be in order to really make it work. And you said it yourself, you have been through hell and back. So for women who are listening, maybe it's not infidelity, maybe they're going through some other type of marital stress. What's one thing that you would tell them as they walk through this mud? They're going through something they never imagined themselves going through. How can they get out of this?
0: I would say first that you have to change your feelings about about whatever it is that you're going through. And uh, if you feel like you're a failure, because that was that, you know, that the word failed marriage or, you know, all of those things, I feel like it just puts this heavy shame on us and the women, especially we take on so much of it, right? Like, and I mean, it wasn't a failed marriage. I didn't have a failed marriage. It just came to a closing. We've been together for 15 years and we brought three incredible humans into this world. So I'd say you didn't fail. And if you want, Like it can be worked out whatever way you want. You get to decide if you want to stay or if you want to leave and you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And you're not alone. That's the thing too. Like I felt like I was the only woman on the planet who was experiencing this, which is so ridiculous, right? Like I know that that's not true. 50% of marriages end in divorce. Like a lot of people have marital problems, but like it's so shamed in our society And so you're not alone. You will get through it.
1: You're such an incredible soul. You being able to speak about all of this and share so openly is truly unbelievable to me. Um, I know in our conversations, you've said, like, this is a happy ending. It's unexpected. There's no doubt about that. But it is happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, and now, um, you know, it's been almost three years. I have a partner, a new partner. I've, you know, was able to really get out there and figure out what I wanted from life. I am, and it's a love like I've never experienced before. He has a daughter. Our four kids combined love each other. Again, it's like the way that I see it, it's kind of like, there's just more people who love my kids now. Like they have Extra parents, and they have an extra sibling who is like it's like she just like fit right in immediately. I mean, my kids are loud and crazy, and she just like jumped right in, and um, and it was there's just been so many beautiful things that have that have come out of it. Um, and that's all I can that's all I can hope for, you know. That's all any of us can hope for.
2: So I have to ask: Did you have any trouble with trusting after everything you went through with your first husband?
0: Uh, I think I always will struggle with trust mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because my partner and I actually just had a little argument a couple nights ago. And um, and it was about the root of it was that I have trust issues still that I need to work through. But I own that for sure. 100%. And I think that um, it'll always be a journey for me, you know. But uh, I have to try and remember, and what I always, I say this, I don't believe all men cheat. I'm not down on the the, the male part of our our race after this happened to me. You know, it was such a, there was just so many more factors than the affair. The affair was just how it ended, you know?
1: Uh, Thank you so much for sharing um, your story and your message. I want to end by asking you, what the last message that you want our audience to have is.
0: Oh man. I think that since most of your audience are mamas and a lot of them with little ones is take the time that you need for yourself that, you know, the the phrase is put your oxygen mask on first. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to let your identity go to be a good mother. And I did that. And I think that that was at the detriment of my marriage, you know, honestly. And so I would just say, put yourself first. Like those little people, it serves them well to see you living a life of happiness and passion and self-care. Like that's going to make them know how they deserve to treat themselves and be treated. So just don't forget that. Don't forget yourself in the journey of motherhood.
2: So important. Any stage that you're in right now, that is such an important message. Thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being on and just sharing your story and being so open about it, yet so confident that if you take some steps, there could be a happy ending or just a happier ending than what we think of when we hear the words of betrayal and infidelity. So Elena, can you let our audience know where they can find you?
0: Yeah. So I think that the best place probably is Instagram. Um, So it's Elena s as in sam blair and then underscore photography and then um my online education platform is elena blair.com if anyone is a photographer in here <laughs> in the making but yeah my instagram is where I, I share a lot about my life and a lot about this a lot about my journey through um divorce and stuff so
1: yeah and i love that you share you help people figure out how to take pictures of their children for free like that's just something that you share so I think that um, you guys could learn a lot from following her yeah
0: thanks Amy so great to be on here guys I love what you're doing
2: And thank you, Elena, so much, just so much for being on today. Um, And maybe you aren't going through infidelity in your relationship right now, but I know that I pulled out so many tips of things that I could work on, especially in these little people years, especially with a new baby coming of just giving our partners the support that they need, but also asking for exactly what we need. So hopefully you all found a tip or two that you can take with you as well.